the readings today present us with one of the best known images in Christianity, right? the image of the shepherd. It was one of Jesus's favorites as we hear in the gospel. But even before that, we read the best known Psalm, right? Psalm 23. And it was an echo of Jesus's words. Right? The Lord is my shepherd because he leads me. I lack nothing. When there is darkness in my life, I do not fear because he is with me. Even the first reading, the second reading, right, presents a shepherd. Peter, the first shepherd, right? Pope Peter in that position of leading, challenging, pushing, urging, encouraging, feeding the flock that Jesus had given him. We see this image in paintings, in stained glass, in sculptures, not only in the most modern of churches and cathedrals, but you find them in the beginning of the church. They're in the catacombs. It was a favorite image of the early church. It's a beautiful image because it speaks about how Jesus protects us, right? how he feeds us, how he knows each one of us by name. Individually, we are not a number, we are not strangers to him. How he looks for us when we stray because we're valuable to him. How he gives his life for us. How he allows us to pass the gate that leads to heaven. That beautiful image that Jesus used once, the shepherd who finds his sheep and with joy puts it upon his shoulders to take him home. But there's another image, because if there is a shepherd, there must be sheep, right? the flock, the church. And so Jesus also talks about what are the characteristics of those who belong to the good shepherd? What are our characteristics if we are going to belong to Jesus? Well, they know his voice, right? Those who belong to the good shepherd. And so here's the first question Jesus presents us. Do I recognize his voice? Do I know his voice? In my home parish there in Yonkers, it's a bilingual community. In fact, it's mostly Hispanic, and I spent a number of years in Mexico. But even there in New York, when I talk, you ain't from New York, are you, kid? No, I'm from Michigan. <laughs> I can't hide my Midwestern accent. And when I was down in Mexico, although I was there for 12 years, you ain't from Guadalajara, are you, son? No, I wasn't from Mexico either. You know, I couldn't hide. Everybody knows who I am because of my accent. Do I know the accent of Jesus when he speaks to my heart? And where do we learn that? Right? In prayer, by spending time with him in front of him in the Eucharist, by listening to him speak to us in the gospel. Right? There's a great, uh, interesting vocational story in the Old Testament. You might know it. It's uh, when Samuel, the prophet Samuel, who would eventually choose the first kings of Israel, 
and Saul and David. But when he was a child, his mom presented him to the priest at some sanctuary of the Israelites. And he said, you know, here, Eli, priest, take care of, of my son Samuel. And so being a small child, the priest Eli in the sanctuary said, keep the lamps burning. There must have been a lot of candles burning like here. And so he slept. They gave him a special spot to sleep in this sanctuary so that he could go around periodically and keep the lights burning in, the temp in this sanctuary. So he's sleeping early on, and suddenly he hears, Samuel, Samuel, gets up. What's that? Runs to Eli. What do you want? I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And the second time, you know, Samuel, Samuel, gets up, runs to Eli. Go back to bed. I didn't call you. The third time it happened, Eli Lates goes off and said, ah, this is God calling. Because Samuel hadn't yet learned to recognize the voice of God calling in his heart. And so he ran to Eli. And so that's a, important for all of you who are parents, right? For those of you who are catechists, for those of you who are teachers in any form of the word, right? That's our job is to teach those who have been entrusted to us to recognize the voice of the shepherd, right? to recognize Jesus's voice, to teach them. Right? That's Jesus talking into your soul. And obviously, by example, they see us listening, recognizing the voice of the good shepherd. So the first thing, they know the voice. That's what a, shepherd, a sheep who belongs to the good shepherd, he knows the voice of Jesus. The second thing that a, shepherd, a sheep knows is they listen to that voice of the good shepherd. Am I able to listen? Can I listen? In other words, is there silence in my life? A spiritual silence. Sometimes it's literally, a, I live in New York, there is no silence in New York, right? It doesn't matter what hour it is, the city that never sleeps. And so it's hard to find silence here, not so much. But we can make, we can fill our lives with noise. And so we can't hear, we can't listen, right? Do I make time to listen? Or better yet, do I want to listen? Right? When this young future prophet Samuel, right, went to Eli the last time, Eli said, this is what you do. Go back to sleep, and if you hear the voice again say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. There was a desire, right, to hear. I want to know what God wants for me. I want to listen. I want him to instruct me. I want him to lead me. Because if you don't want to know what God wants to say to you, if you don't want to listen, you will never hear the voice of God. I want to hear God speaking in my heart. I want to know him. I want to have that same relation like Peter and the other apostles that we heard about this time of Easter. Then the first thing you have to do is I want to know. If I'm already closed, forget it. You will never hear his voice. So they listen. And then it says, they follow the voice of the good shepherd. Do I follow the good shepherd? Who am I following? In the media or in the social media, right, you can follow in Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, 
you can follow lots of people at the same time. You can have a thousand friends, right? You can follow everybody if you want. But a sheep can only follow one shepherd in that sense of the word. You can only take one path at the same time. If not, it gets painful as you start to travel in two different directions. There are many people who want us to follow them. There's many people who, in other words, want to influence us. Sometimes we want to be influenced. We, we want to imitate. We want people to influence us. And they do. How we act, how we think, how we dress, what music we listen to, what shows we watch, what our values are. The elites, you know, of the social world of athletes, Yes, but it could be our coworkers, our neighbors, our family, our friends. Am I following the voice of the Good Shepherd who I know loves me, right, from the cross, right, who gave his life for me, or is it the thief, right, who wants to steal or slaughter or destroy or eat me? And because they know, they follow, right, why do they follow? Because they have confidence in the Good Shepherd. They know that the Good Shepherd loves them, that he wants me to have life and have it in abundance, have it to the fullness. And he calls and he leads them, and they follow. The image of the Good Shepherd calling, right, is why today is World Day Prayer for Vocations, right? Because the Good Shepherd, as we saw and Peter talked about, right, is looking for collaborators, those that he can share his heart with, that he can share his mission with. And in fact, today I didn't know this until I just happened to come across. It's the 60th anniversary. I thought this was something of John Paul II, right? It was one of his ideas. Every year, the popes have been writing a letter about vocations. For 60 years, I'm not even 60 years old yet, right? And so we pray today, right, that God is calling right, those who are able to listen, those uh, who are able to be generous. And suddenly everybody's thinking about priests, and I'm not talking about priests, right? Pope Francis, who wrote this 60th letter this year, uh, he began with a, a scripture passage and it was St. Paul, and I think it's Ephesians at the beginning. He says, God the Father chose us. Right? He didn't put a qualifier, young men or young women. God the Father chose us before the foundation of the world. And the Pope's point was is that everyone has a vocation. Priest, deacon, religious, consecrated, layperson, he titled the letter Grace and Mission, but another word for grace is gift, a gift and a mission, right? The gift that we have received at our baptism. We're called by God, each one of us, to be part of his body. Um, and so he said at the beginning, Pope Francis this year, he goes, recall with wonder that the Lord calls. He calls you, he calls me. And it's a gift that he calls. And then he reminded us in this letter, something he wrote five years ago. He wrote in encyclical early in his pontificate, and he called it the joy of the gospel. And he said, you need to see your life, 
your whole life as a mission. Each and every one of us needs to be able to say, I am a mission on this earth. That's the reason why I am here in the world. I have a mission. And this call that's literally in the DNA of our being from the moment that we were conceived, right? that's the secret then of our happiness. When we discover and we live out our vocation. When we see our lives, the word vocation, call, right? But vocation, uh, vocare, had another word, and you know, missio, mission. And so that we're called from the beginning, right, for that mission. Of course, everybody asks today, well, how can we have more priests? Because that's the thing we seem to be lacking, or vocations to religious life. And we can promote that, and we need to promote it. That's why it's also for all of us, right? It's not just for those who happen to have that special gift of maybe being called to the priesthood. So how do you promote having more priests? First, healthy environments, healthy families, healthy parishes, healthy youth groups, for lack of a better word, in the sense of being spiritually healthy, a place where we come to encounter Jesus, where we encounter Christ, a place where people discover, you know, the treasure that we ourselves are found Jesus alive, active, working in our lives. You have to have that place where our young people can encounter Christ. But then again, you also need open environments. An idea of being open to the idea of a vocation. And that's what I'm speaking about, or the Pope, of vocations in general. That everyone speaks and sees their life as a mission. Everybody talks about their vocation. Everybody talks about their mission. Everybody talks about what do you do for work when you get older. Everybody has one, and everybody's living that mission. Everyone wants, you know, in the house speaks about their mission. Everybody speaks about their gift. And for those who understand the true meaning of Disney's movie uh, Encanto will understand that point. If you haven't seen it, it's worth looking at from the point of view of one's vocation. For those of you who are still on the road to discovering what your vocation is, to finding out the gift that God has given you, the first thing you have to do is ask. Do what Samuel did. Here I am, Lord. What did you give me to do? Why am I here? What's that mission that you're asking me to collaborate with you? And you need my help. Lord, I'm here. What do you want? Whatever that might be. For those who've already arrived at your vocation, uh, what's, what's your job in this process of helping there to be more religious and more priests? Live your vocation. Give the example of somebody who said yes, who knows why they're here who knows their mission and lives it, whatever it might be. Then pray. Pray for those who are still discovering that one, they can hear, they can hear the voice, that they're generous. And if you want to go even beyond that, that's, you can do that in your house every day. Be a promoter of vocations. And I, you say, oh, wait, that's for the vocation promoter, whoever that is in the Diocese of Lansing. Uh, no, 
Uh, that's, I know, I uh, remember uh, a woman, or I knew of a woman down in Louisiana, and she had that great Louisiana accent, and she must have been 70 years old when I knew of her, and that was a, before I was ordained. She had like 54 vocations in her lifetime that she had found because she would just go around and she had all these vocation cards and prayers and she had learned where there were retreats for men and women and some of them were diocesan, some of them were uh, uh, young women, some of them were priests for religious orders and she would just, she would see somebody come into a church. Think about a vocation here, pray this. And she would, over the course of her lifetime, you know, be in contact with the vocation recruiter, talk to families who had young children. It could be lay vocation. Talk to Father Tim about that, because I think he'd be really excited to know that there were people who wanted to collaborate, right, to help him, to be praying for, to organizing, right, holy hours for vocations. So let's continue with our Mass, and let us rejoice, because we were all chosen before the creation of the world, in the moment we were called by the Good Shepherd in our creation individually and invited to collaborate in his mission, right? to take part in the adventure, right? to leave a life that, to lead a life that leaves an echo in eternity, for those who know that movie, right? to have a heart like him, right? to feel his love, his concern, his struggles, his joys, to discover, to see our lives as a gift and a mission, where we find, in the end, the true source of I don't, life and, and new life for us in true joy. And I'm just going to pray that prayer that Pope St. Fran- uh, Paul VI wrote 60 years ago, because it's as beautiful and powerful today. O Jesus, divine shepherd of souls, you have called the apostles and made them fishers of men. Continue to draw to yourself ardent and generous souls from among the young in order to make them thirst for the redemption of all. Open before them the horizons of the entire world so that by responding to your call, they may prolong your mission here on earth build up your mystical body, which is the church, and be the salt of the earth and the light which our world needs today. Amen.